The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom! With Jason Ross. No, he didn't! Yes, he did! Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. All right, it's a great way to bring Matt on. This is the Moving the Goalposts segment brought to you by people that move goalposts. Quote, was it really truly a comeback? I mean, at the end, they start the fourth quarter down seven, but they kick a field goal and it's really four. I'm just saying a comeback is a double-digit deficit. When we all start talking about the 49ers being unable to come from behind, we're not talking about a four-point come from behind situation. We're talking about double-digit deficits. That was uh, Keyshawn Johnson on Undisputed this morning. So okay. That a babe, Key. Joining us right now from The Athletic, the uh, beat writer, four-year San Francisco 49ers. He was front and center for everything, Matt Barrows. Matt, shoo! That's all I got to say. Yeah, he, he wanted more anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> Golly. That wasn't enough. Let's have a real comeback. Yeah, Matt, you are a journalist with a capital J. I'm just honestly curious. This is probably a super unfair question, but you've also been around this team and you're a human being and you follow them and you cover them and you know them personally. Like, are you able to not stress out during the, is there a switch you can turn on or do you just stress out, but deal with it? I stress out, but it's a different, there's a different root cause to my stress. I mean, we have to file things right at the end of games, and you file it sort of in the in the vein of, okay, did they win or did they lose? Um, and so a game like that where it's in the balance, you don't know what you're writing, and you've got to get down eight floors to a press conference. And so um, that's my stress. You know, whether they, they win or they lose, I'm not so much stressing out about that as much as, oh, what am I going to write here? And sometimes I have to write very quickly. So there's definitely stress in a uh, close game, but um, not the same stress that a fan is going through. Well, and I'm thinking, Matt, as you're doing this, you're probably formulating ideas and and angles and stories. And so for a portion of that game, you're probably formulating, okay, a number one seed, a great year, but it's going to end because it did look like they might lose that game what do you? What would have been some of your reasons why, if it in fact went that way? Yeah, for sure. And and I was doing exactly that. And and earlier in the week, I had written a story about you know the Forty ers don't have a lot of weaknesses, but there are some, and and these are the you know the small cracks in this machine. And um, just about every one of them raised their head in that game. I mean, kickoff coverage was you know, and special teams was was my number one. Uh, item in that and kickoff coverage was terrible i don't know why they challenged the green bay packers of all teams they had the leading kick returner in the league the guy's going to the pro bowl probably um and they decided let's challenge this guy and uh it did not work out so that was bad and then you know i I said i had written that story on a monday and i said there's a chance of rain this weekend and purdy isn't very good in the rain and i think that uh, came to bear too. Number three cornerback. That was that was uh, another one, and uh, it was clear that the 
the Packers uh, decided, okay, if we're going to target one guy, it's going to be Ambry Thomas. And they targeted him, and they were right. Uh, so, um, you know, those are things that the 49ers have to worry about against the Lions as well. I mean, these, these, I, I, I wasn't giving Matt LaFleur a guide uh, for his game plan. I mean, these things were season-long and obvious, and um, the 49ers obviously were trying to change that number three cornerback situation up. They were excited about Jason Barrett. Jason Barrett would have been in the starting lineup or in the lineup, in the rotation um, for this game against the Packers had he not suffered a uh, rotator cuff injury. Um, so, I mean, um, yeah, this is these are the guys that are going to be on the 49ers for the NFC Championship and if they, uh, if they win it and for, for the Super Bowl as well. Well, you, also the other thing that reared its ugly head was being down in the fourth quarter as we kind of started the interview, and uh, they took care of that. Now we hear that there's no uh, hairline fracture, as was feared for Debo Samuel. They say he's a 50-50 chance to play. Matt, I, I'd said just before we went to break, you, uh, of course, feel free to push back on me. You know better. Uh, this sounds like one of those either he's going to be playing and fine or they're going to take out the the big mighty needle and – shove him full of God knows what that I wouldn't want to touch, but football players uh, will take to go out and play. I just, I find it hard to believe if he doesn't have a hairline fracture that he wouldn't be playing against the lions. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you look back to 2021, um, that was a season where, you know, Debo just kind of took over um, and the whole offense was, was geared around him. And by the end of that season, remember that, that green Bay game in the snow, he was in and out of that game like three or four times. It was this, it was that. He was beat up, as beat up as anybody on that team. Um, and he kept playing, and he kept playing the, the following week in L.A. and you know, had to come out of that game as well. So, yeah, he's, he's one of those guys that uh, I think you're going to have to, you know, wild horses are going to have to drag him off the field. Um, so, yeah, I, I expect if there's a chance that he plays, he plays. He also – has uh, a, uh, I don't know if he has a running feud, but there were some um, words spoken about him by one of the Lions defensive backs, and those types of things always get Debo fired up. Um, you saw how he played in Philadelphia earlier this uh, this season. So, yeah, all those things together, if, if there's a chance, I think he's going to play. Talking with Matt Barrows, again brought to you by Stockton Honda, Northern California's number one Honda dealer in a game that they win by three, Matt, and and made enough defensive plays. Obviously, the two interceptions by Greenlaw were critical. Um, the fact that the two early drives held them to field goals, those were important. But uh, overall, not a lot of pressure on Jordan Love. No sacks. Um, no, um, you know, the situation where I didn't feel like they, they had the impact defensively and a ton of pass interference calls against the group. What did you think about the defensive performance? Yeah, you know, for a while there, especially the first half, I thought that, uh, I mean, I, I think this was sort of a catch-all for the whole team. I mean, we were talking about rest versus rust, and the 49ers did their best to sort of keep things sharp. They had really intense practices over their bye week, you know, one of which they, they put on the pads, which you, you never hear about. Um, you know, you never hear about it from, you know, late uh, November onward, much less in, in January. So, Shanahan was was cognizant of that and guarded against it, but I just don't think um, I don't I don't know if it's uh, addressable, if it's curable when you have all that time off. And I, th- I thought that the uh, 
the Packers were the, the the team that was in rhythm and sync, and the 49ers weren't. And I think the the defense was part of that. But you're right. I mean, a lot of pressures on Jordan Love. I, I you know I think a different quarterback, you would have seen some of those sacks. I think he did a good job of getting rid of the ball. Um, he looked really good in the first half, but you know at, at the end of the game, he's got. 194 passing yards and he's got uh, two interceptions and his passer rating is 72.4. So, um, you know, the the 49ers eventually did a good job against this, this passing game. Um, The running game was was something totally different. Um, 136 yards total. Aaron Jones with 108, 53 coming on one run. That's something that the 49ers just hadn't given up. All season, I know, and uh, they were worried about Jones going into the game. They saw what he did against the Cowboys, um, you know, but uh, you you would have thought that they would have gotten on that. That's something that they've been really good at uh, over the last uh, three seasons. And they had Eric Armstead back, and Eric Armstead I thought played really well. Uh, so and there was just something off there. I think Chase Young coming in for Cleveland Farrell was part of that. Uh, but, uh, again, it was just uh, sort of a half step behind for most of the game. Uh, but then at the end, both both sides of the ball started to pick it up. And so the hope, obviously, uh, for the 49ers is that, okay, we had that rest versus rust issue. We took an entire game to sort of work through it, and now we're back to where we were. Uh, that's the hope. I don't know if that's going to be, uh, be possible once you kind of st- stop that momentum is it possible to kind of retrieve it and get it back? Matt Barrow's with us. That kind of leads into my question. You mentioned Brock Purdy struggles in the rain. Uh, not sure quite yet what the forecast is. I haven't looked for uh, Santa Clara next weekend. But are you? Do you leave that game worried about Brock Purdy, or or do you think like you just said they might have figured it out? And is that something that Niner fans really need to look at going into Detroit? I don't think it's going to rain, and um, you know it's well documented that once the uh, the heavens open up, uh, Brock Purdy doesn't play very well. And he admitted to, you know, he was he was you know wearing a glove on the sideline, then he took it off, didn't didn't love it. Uh, so there's there's some insecurity there when it rains. Um, and um, I thought that the way that he uh, finished up that game, you know, was, was obviously encouraging. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, that's, uh, that, that's a big deal because, you know, in, in future seasons, you're going to run into bad weather here, even in California, it rains in California in, in the winter. Uh, you might have to go up to, to green Bay. You might have to play in New York, you might have to play in Philadelphia, those types of situations. So, um, I think the, um, it, the, uh, silver lining in those clouds is that it's supposed to be 68 degrees on, on Sunday and it's not supposed to rain and it could be sunny. So, Peak uh, Brock uh, Purdy weather, and uh, you know the hope is that he looks like October Brock instead of uh, January Brock. Matt, how do you think the matchup will look this weekend? What are, what are some of the things that the Niners can do to the Lions on Sunday? Well, I mean, um, we saw what uh, you know the, the the Packers didn't really have a number one receiver. I know that Romeo Dobbs is probably their best guy, but they spread the ball around. Uh, the Lions like to go after uh, one guy, and uh, you know the, the, the 49ers have had some success in having Charvarius Ward follow the uh, their uh, the opponent's number one receiver around the field. I wonder whether that's a solution to their uh, number three cornerback problem. 
Uh, the Lions run the ball really well. I think uh, their their rookie um, has gotten better and better as the season's gone on. So, I mean, I you know Dan Dan Campbell's going to do what uh, he he does best, which is uh, run the ball and try to kind of uh, bloody up the opponent. Um, you know that, that that those 108 yards to Aaron Jones, I think, are really going to catch the Lions' attention and make them think that hey, you know what, we we too can run the ball against this defense. And um, that's something that the 49ers are going to have to sharpen up. Chase Young is going to have to sharpen up. Um, the, uh, the the tackling on the corners, I thought that that was an issue throughout the game. Ambry Thomas again. Um, so all of that has to get better. And uh, I think the 49ers' hope is that that one game that they – uh, they had to sort of get back into the flow of things will uh, will be enough so that they're ready for the for the Lions on Sunday. So Matt, you know, Dave Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs are, are going to try to have their field day, and Niners are pretty good deep. The problem is the Lions don't really go deep that often. Maybe Josh Reynolds is an exception. Uh, how are what answers, if any, are they going to have for Laporta and Amon Ross St. Brown? Well, I thought that one of the the good things to come out of the Green Bay game is that uh, Dre Greenlaw looked a lot like his uh, you know 2021 yeah. 2022 self. Uh, so um, you know he and Fred Warner played really well. Um, like I said, I thought Eric Armstead. I mean, you know, I, I was kind of looking for rust on him. He looked like he was shot out of a cannon. He looked great, like somebody who had really sort of uh, taken advantage of the rest and um, had fresh legs. So. I think that he's going to be, you know, great, uh, you know, good pressure up the middle. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure whether Javon Hargrave had that same pressure, uh, but, uh, boy, those two together, if they're both firing on all cylinders, then you're disrupting Jared Goff from the center of the line. Um, historically, that's been a, a great way to kind of get any quarterback, particularly Goff, off of his game. So I, I think that's going to be key. Um, you know, I think the 49ers are going to win this game. I mean, on paper, they, they match up really well against the Lions. The Lions' defense isn't great. Um, but we also, you know, thought that about the, the Packers. The Packers didn't have a great uh, passing defense throughout the season. Um, and yet uh, Brock Purdy was obviously uncomfortable throwing against them. Right off the bat, almost threw that pick to uh, Darnell Savage on the, on the first drive. And from that point on, he just looked uh, – uh, hesitant. He did not look confident. And I think that the rain played a part in that. I think that the soft coverage that uh, the Packers were using uh, took away a lot of the, the Brandon Ayuk stuff. Uh, no Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel would have been a real asset in a game like Saturday's uh, where, uh, you know, Purdy's not going deep very much. Uh, like I said, soft coverage. That's a Debo game. No Debo all of a sudden, um, that, that changes things up. So there were a lot of uh, sort of understandable elements to why Purdy didn't have a great game. Um, I think that the 49ers, knowing who's going to be out there on Sunday, a, uh, uh, a fair weather outing, I think all of those things are going to be in, in Brock Purdy's favor. Yeah. Matt, on the uh, Debo front, I agree with you because I think – McCaffrey ran the ball pretty well, and they didn't quite get the balance that they normally have. But if Debo's in, maybe there's four or five Debo runs that I also think just make the Niners that much more explosive and take five passing attempts away, and that gets closer to the balance that they look for. 
Yeah, I think that's uh, that's absolutely right. Um, and uh, you know, find, finding balance on offense is is the key. I mean, that, that, and that's what the the Packers did. I think that was one of the sort of underlying themes of that game. Um, you know, in, in the, the run up, uh, it was all about how uh, suddenly Matt Lafleur can run the Shanahan offense. Uh, he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers there anymore. He doesn't have to kind of lean on what Rodgers likes and what Rodgers has done in the past. He can run a, a version of that offense that looks a lot like how Shanahan did for a while. I wrote this on Twitter that he was out Shanahan and Shanahan. Some of those uh, play calls were fantastic. Uh, the, the touchdown to to Craft, uh, the tight end, he was wide open, and they, they followed that up with a, uh, a two-point conversion to Aaron Jones. He was wide open. And um, 49ers said afterwards that uh, LaFleur was pulling uh, plays out of his playbook that they just hadn't seen before on tape. Uh, so it was really, you know, th- that's something also to take into account. They were playing a team that was uh, performing at its peak, uh, and there was a really good – um, chemistry between play caller and quarterback and play caller and the offense. And the 49ers kind of took those blows and, and they won the game uh, and they can move on. So, um, you know, the question is whether the Lions are playing at the same rate, um, the, the same uh, sense of rhythm as the, uh, as the Packers were. So here we go. You know, fun fact, the last time the uh, Lions won it, a conference title game was against the uh, Niners on the road uh, back in the 50s, I believe. So what's there? Were you there for that, I, uh, Dave? I, Did you watch that one in person? As a matter of fact, I was. Popcorn was great. Let me tell you, <laughs> it was amazing. Um, can the 40 – not can they, of course they can't. Would you f- still feel the same? You said earlier the Niners are going to win this game. You, th- you think they're going to win this game. Do you feel the same way if Debo doesn't play? Yeah, I do. Um, because, like I said, losing Debo um, in the second quarter, which is what happened, is different than not having Debo all week and knowing that you're not going to have Debo Samuel. Um, you know, the, the game plan just uh, is different. The play calls are different. Uh, so, I mean, I think the 49ers would be basically better prepared for not having him, obviously. And there's just so many other stars on this team. I mean, you saw George Kittle led the team in in receiving, um, and, and that that can that can happen uh, against the Lions as well. I mean, that's another theme is that they keep playing teams that don't have the greatest linebackers in the world, and uh, you would think that uh, a 49ers team can really kind of feast on that. So obviously, having Debo is much better, but knowing that you're not going to have him, I think it's better than the situation on Saturday. How did you think overall uh, Shanahan's game plan was, and how how he coached that game? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, that, that's part of it. Uh, I think when you you lose uh, Debo Samuel, that changes things. I think, you know, if, if Brock Purdy is uncomfortable and not you know throwing the ball as accurately as he as he normally does because of the rain, that, that sort of makes the uh, the play caller look bad as well. Uh, so I think all that uh, factored in. Um, you know, the, the big coaching decision that I questioned was, you know, why they decided to kind of challenge the Packers on those kick returns. I mean, it seemed like the, the 49ers had concluded at the end of the season, like the last third of the season, say, they decided, okay, this, this kickoff trick that we're trying where 
Moody kicks it short into the corner. And they love the fact that Moody can do that. That's one of the reasons they drafted him in the third round. He's good on kickoff. He can put the ball wherever he wants. Um, but they just don't have the guys to, to cover it. And so they decided to challenge the Green Bay Packers, who had one of the best kick returners in the league. And uh, and they were they were terrible at it. I mean, there's, there's no two ways about it. So by the end of the game, they went back to their, okay, let's just do uh, touchbacks every time. And, and that's been a question I get all the time. Does Moody have the leg to do, uh, to, to do a touchback every time? Yes, he does. He absolutely does. Uh, but they choose not to a lot of the time because he also can put it into that corner. Uh, but, boy, um, it just seems like a, a gamble not worth taking uh, given, <laughs> given what we've seen all all season and what we saw on Saturday. Matt, how would you grade Kyle Shanahan on, on uh, Saturday? <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, it, it, the whole team seemed off. I yep. mean, uh, out of rhythm, didn't, didn't come out well. Um, but I do know that they were, they were sort of guarding against that. Um, they, they knew that that was a possibility. And, and I think that Shanahan did everything in his power to make sure that they didn't fall out of rhythm. But it didn't work. Uh, so, um, you know, it, it's a good question because their whole season was geared on, let's just get the number one seed. If we get the number one seed, then we get all that rest and we get home field advantage. And so they get all that rest and it works against them and they get home field advantage. <laughs> And that works against them, too, because they play on this wet field, and the Packers are fine on the field. I saw one Packers slip. It was Aaron Jones, and he was sort of running laterally and and tried to make a cut, and he slipped. Uh, And the 49ers were slipping and sliding everywhere. I mean, um, uh, that that field affected one team, and it happened to be the home team. So my point is, even your your, your wildest dreams, your – number one goal you succeed on it and even that can sort of backfire on you matt barrows writes for the athletic no one does it better he will be out there championship sunday hoping to punch a ticket to las vegas just like those 50 plus players and uh the rest of the coaching staff for the san francisco 49ers relax rest those fingers matt those typing fingers get all ready for sunday and uh we will see you on monday all right sounds good guys talk to you then thank Thank you you. partner It's Matt Barrows of The Athletic. We'll take a break. When we come back, what to watch, three in the key, and a really cool thing that happened in sports over the weekend that might have gotten buried by everything else. We'll do that next. Three in the key to get to for tonight. Our thanks to Matt Barrows as well. Jason, how would you uh, grade Kyle Shanahan? <laughs> I don't know. Let me think about that one. <sighs> uh, one thing that happened over the weekend that um, I thought was really cool happened for the first time since 1991. We had an amateur win a PGA golf tournament. Nick Dunlap, who uh, was... He had the lead going into the fourth round. 
This is down in uh, – I've played this course. It was super cool. It was uh, one of the PGA West down in uh, oh, yeah. La Quinta. Okay. And uh, they – remember last year when uh, the picture I put out of my broken driver after I threw it? Remember that? Mm-hmm. That was that course. Oh, fun. Okay. So just just so – just for all those wondering, well, how good are the pros? I broke my driver. It was so bad. We were playing a scramble. That's four people. All four of us hit. We take the best ball available. We hit that ball. Keep repeating, repeating. Then you get on the green. We all four putt. Take the best putt. You know what I'm saying? So you have four people playing this course. And I I never forget. I saw the scorecard. Now, obviously, the four of us aren't good golfers, but we were plus three, and we were happy with it. This is a Pete Dye course, and anybody who knows anything about Pete Dye courses knows he he likes making you want to quit golf. He mm-hmm. likes making you want it. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. He, <laughs> so, so he's a bad designer in the sense that he's a sneaky little bastard. Yeah. Sneaky Pete. Uh, Nick Dunlap playing just himself. And he's an amateur, and he's currently in college. Uh, his four-round score was minus 29. Man. Minus 29, which means on average, you're you're a, you're slightly better than seven under par every day. That's how good these guys are. And uh, he didn't get a penny. $1.5 million. Where does that go? Uh, that went to Christian uh, Bezadenhout who uh, finished in second from South Africa. The best second-place finish ever. Ever. One and a half milli. Kevin Yu uh, and Xander Schauffele, along with Justin Thomas, split third place, 635 grand apiece. I got to be honest. I don't know if this is an option, but this is the one thing I would like to find out. I imagine the answer is no, but at any point during the tournament, including on the uh, final hole, did he have the opportunity to turn pro? Hmm. Like, could he just forego? Like, is one and a half million? You're obviously going to be a professional golfer. You have a one and a half million dollar check chilling, and you're like, mm, I'm going to go back to college. Don't you think there could be something where they put it in a trust for you? Yes, it's so unfair, dude. It, especially in this day and age of name, image, likeness, and college players making two million a year. Blah. Why is it fair for Caleb Williams to make God knows what he's making, and Nick Dunlap has to give back one and a half milli because he's uh, you know got to go back to Oklahoma or Texas or whatever school he's Alabama. At. Alabama. Thank you. Well, same thing. Whatever. I mean, he shot a sixty. Round three. And the best part was he he had a double bogey. He hit the water, and he fell behind. He had the lead going in. He fell behind. He was behind for most of the final round, and he came back and he won the thing. And you're staring down Justin Thomas and Xander Schauffele and all these guys that are. Uh, I think he was playing with Sam Byrne, Justin Thomas. You're staring these guys down. You're. A, I think he's a sophomore, twenty. So good. How do you plan that? Just. Handle your emotions of that. Talk about, you know, this is a guy that I'll bet you, you know, if he's a sports fan, he's just like, hmm, well, we lost. Like right now during the Kings losing streak. That, that is the biggest thing that amazes me. You you play golf, I play golf. How they control the – you'd be a good professional golfer. If you had the skill, I think you'd be the guy that could, like, control your emotions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're happy Gilmore throwing clubs. 100%. I'm out there. Taunting everyone else. Just stabbing myself with my put- putter. <laughs> 
That's not your performance. How would you grade uh, his performance at the uh, How would I grade uh, the Kingsman, Kingsman's performance? <laughs> we've got uh, <laughs> we've got three in the key right now. Just remember, if you're uh, if you're tired of sports, don't forget you've got uh, one hundred and five one KNCI down the street. Uh, for all your uh, your down the street down the hall <laughs> down the street for all your country music needs. Three in the key. What's going on tonight? Hawks Kings this time for real. Sackdown Sports. All right, it's a revenge game day for Kevin Herter. He's uh-huh. playing his old team. So how many points for old Red Velvet? So he had a career high 31. I'll say 17. Still a good okay. night. I have him for 16. Oh. I'll take 15. Oh. Wow. I'm pinched. I'm pinched. Uh, Dave, we are looking for, because this has been a problem for the Kings this season, large deficits. What will be the Kings' largest deficit in this game? I'm going to try something new. Their largest deficit, they're not trailing. Ooh. Yeah, they're not trailing the whole game. Wire to wire victory. Okay. Uh, mine is nine. Nine. German for no, meaning they will not trail either. Chris? Six. Six. All right. Random stat could be your wire to wire win. You want something else? Yeah. Coach Mike Brown's son will chide me on Twitter for being angry at the, at the loss today. No, um,. I mean, I feel like a random stat could be they win. Um, but I will say that we will hear at least twice the DeMontis Sabonis chant tonight. That means he's going to have to have two and ones. Oh, yeah, they play it. Yeah. yeah. Man. Uh, I'm going to have two Kings will score 30 or more. Oh. 30 or more. Yeah. Chris. The Kings will win by 15 or more. I hope you're right. We used to have a segment uh, since uh, the Keith Brooks version of the show has come up a few times today. There was there was one thing we used to do there that I don't know that that last thing made me think maybe we should bring back because I feel like Chris would actually really enjoy this. We used to at the end of every show our final segment was uh, mm-hmm. red cards, mm-hmm. <laughs> where if somebody said something incredibly stupid or did something really dumb, they get a red card. I think it was Mike Mike D that would read them off if I remember correctly. It was a blast from the past. The only problem is I'm the only one that would ever get red cards. I don't think you would ever get a red card. I might. You might get a yellow. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Zach Ertz has uh, signed with Alliance. Mm-hmm. That Ertz. <laughs> He'll be playing this Sunday. Really? That fast? I guess. I'd be kind of dumb if he didn't, though, right? They just signed him. For next year. For the Super Bowl or next year. Yeah, he's playing, dude. Uh, he is playing, so you're going to have Laporta on one side and Ertz on the other. Laporta and Ertz. Ertz and Laporta. Yeah. TNT, they're a legal team. What was the one, J- Jacoby and Isles or whatever? No, no wait. What was that, Mark Paul Gosselar? Was that, I'm thinking the wrong thing. <laughs> You're Saved by the bell? No, no, no. There was a... It was like Jacoby... Rizzoli and Isles, but that is Oh, not I him. know what you're talking about. It's like some... It's like Basher and yeah. something. Yeah, I'm mixing the two of them up, but yes, 100%. Turner and Hooch. <laughs> you know, Turner and Hooch wasn't a... I just... This was like a random thing I remember from Turner and Hooch. Wasn't Tom Hanks about to get transferred up to uh, Sacramento? Or was that the one? Wasn't Jim Belushi in a movie with a dog? Or he was a cop or something? So Turner and Hooch was... K-9, I think, right? K-9. In one of those movies, somebody was getting transferred to Sacramento. And I just remember being like, hey, that's us. Is it weird that I still feel like that during like movies and TV shows? When they say Sacramento? Oh, dude. No. Although I think the whole now that I'm older, I'm realizing the whole plot was basically 
He was trying to save himself from being transferred to Sacramento, so not that great. I think in the movie Sinister, there is a couple that was murdered in Sacramento before you. <laughs> That's us. Yes. We're the ones that did the murdering. Yes, Sacramento. I, when Greta Gerwig came out, I think a week or two ago, saying she wants to do two more movies set in Sacramento. That's a great idea. I am available. Uh, Eight is Enough was set in yeah. Sacramento. Any other Sacramento? Did he work for? It wasn't the B, but it was a newspaper. Yeah, but it was like the. It the, wasn't. It wasn't the Union either. Even but, Stevens. Yeah. Oh, with beans. With beans. <laughs> that was in Sacramento. Yep. <laughs> and really, what you got, Lady Bird? Wasn't oh um. Was there a road trip movie? Was that Gerwig attached to? Th- I think there's one coming out. Coming out about God, uh, that's been coming out forever. American like, Beauty. Was here? Yeah. What? Uh huh. It was. Yeah. I don't remember that. I one hundred percent believe you. I just got to read about. It. I didn't know that. Yeah. Boy, there's a there's a movie that kind of gets lost. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> American Beauty. Wow. I did not know that. That was a good weird movie too. Um, it won Best Picture. It did win Best Picture. Somehow. I didn't know that. I can't see anything in here about Sacramento. But uh, after being filmed in California, okay. Like the final shot, it's like up above uh, East Sac, and you see like Mercy Hospital. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh. Yeah, the opening flyover goes right uh, right before. And by the way, the- Doesn't uh, Rocky run up the steps of the Capitol? <laughs> That's where the statue is. Yeah. Uh, and eight is enough. The newspaper that he worked for, the Sacramento Register. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. how about that? Where were we at? The Bradford yeah. family. He's not still with Howard us. the Duck was shot in Sacramento. <laughs> well, we try to forget about that. Wasn't uh, I know it was out like in Auburn area? Phenomenon, maybe. I think <laughs> no. I think you're right. Yes, <laughs> I think you're 100 percent right. I remember that. <laughs> I like. Hey, by the way, I liked that movie. I did too. It was like a weird time for it. It was like phenomenon. Didn't phenomenon and powder come around yes. the same time? <laughs> also filmed in Sacramento. No. Why is this funny to Chris? Powder is such a weird movie. It really, really is. That. I saw phenomenon. We started watching uh, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. My kids had never seen it before, which really struck me. And then I said, "Have you seen this movie, Percy Jackson?" No. No. Not- yeah, it's really stupid. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot how dumb it was. It was like, let's rip off Harry Potter and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, this kid's the son of Poseidon and Zeus. I know thing. you like Harry Potter. Yeah, I do like <laughs> Harry Potter. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, let's uh, cross talk, shall we? Yeah. Uh, we also have celebrity birthdays as well. How are they today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, well, pretty, pretty, no, okay. pretty okay. All right, we'll do all that coming up. New York's. It's time for the news of the day. The latest headlines, the biggest stories, hard-hitting analysis. Yeah, this is none of those things. And now, here's Carmichael Dave and Jason Ross. Yeah, that's the show. And that is. Hey, here's a question. When you guys come on... Because this is how the show started. It has been a Monday. When you guys come on the air, have you ever had an ad for KNCI play right before you start talking or no? Does that happen to you guys at all or is it just us? The one where it's like, hey, we know you love your sports, but if you want to 
whatever. No. Listen to Canton. No, that, we get the country in the park one, but that's really yeah. It. But that's not. But no, it's yeah. literally an ad that is. Do we still have that, Chris? It's literally an ad. Ask saying, "Hey, we." It said, "We know." In fact, they just redid it because I think Pat does it now. But the old voice guy said, "We know you love your sports." Here you go. Roll, roll, roll the tape here. Sometimes you're feeling like country music. Last night we lit the liquor top. Make sure you check out New Country 105.1 KNCI. That literally played mm. right before our show opened. Bangers, though. And it yeah. happens. <laughs> they were bangers, yeah. I'll admit. And that happens all the time. Yeah, I just that didn't would know. Upset me. I honestly wanted to know if you that... just wanted to hear it again because I told you it didn't happen. <sighs> and then you now said, it has. <laughs> Here, Chris, go ahead and play it again. Play it again. <laughs> It's we've attention been do- time. We've been doing reads for KNCI all day. Because you know what? Just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. You know well, KNCI's a <laughs> powerhouse. Tiny little station Last down there. Yeah. They need, they need uh, <laughs> publicity. Uh, uh, today's National Polka Dot Day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anybody own anything with polka dots? I was changing the baby yesterday she had on polka dot pants. Well, well. Sure I, I guess technically a, you own that. But. Sure, I got a Dusty Rhodes shirt around somewhere. Is that polka dots? Is that a yeah. thing? Um, hey, AEW is a wrestling thing, right? Are they pretty big? Are they good? Yeah. They are? So if like, someone took a job with AEW, that'd be a good thing? Are you offering? No, no, no. <laughs> just, I had a friend who uh, just took a job with them. Really? Yeah, for real. Honestly. What's I'll, the job? I'll tell you off the air. Okay. Uh, <laughs> not a wrestler. This is like the most interested I've <laughs> I know, Chris. Like, tell me more. Yeah. Cover letter. How would you grade uh, Kyle Shannon? <laughs> uh, National Blonde Brownie Day. Yes. Oh, I'm in. Also I don't, known as a blondie. Yeah, I don't blondie. know what this is. Yeah, I'm in. I'm the brownie expert. I don't know what this Blondies is. Blondies are great. Blondies oh, are Really? Uh, everyone knows. The brownie. Yeah. A, a, exactly. Almost everyone, it says. Almost everyone knows a blonde brownie is similar to a chocolate brownie. But in place of cocoa, bakers use brown sugar, giving it a sweet tooth, satisfying molasses flavor. Ah. I don't think I've ever had. Honestly, I think I have had one, but I, I just thought it. it was a cookie. Yeah. Like a cookie brownie. Those are brookies. Those are brookies. Yeah. There's a blonde brookie that's a blookie. So, hold on. <laughs> so, there's a Keep up. blonde yeah. brownie and a blonde. cookie brownie, and they're different? Brownie cookie. They're different. There's a brookie. Yeah. Those that you're blownie. seeing, I've never had a blondie with <laughs> chocolate chips. Yeah, I don't My blondies are just straight blonde. That looks like cookies. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think that's, those are that's, brookies. That's a brookie. That's a brookie. Anyone ever anyone ever microwave a little peanut butter and uh, swirl it into your brownie mix before you throw it in the oven? Mm-mm. Nope. No. Oh. I just go a la mode. A la mode with the ice cream? Of course. Yeah. Which would you rather have if you have a slice of pumpkin pie? We had this dilemma last night. My son has you been begging us. Pie. Yeah, was, what? You still have pumpkin pie? Well, we've had this pumpkin pie in the freezer. And my son, like every other day, is like, hey, when are we going to make the pumpkin pie? <laughs> and we made it. And we realized we didn't have whipped cream, but we did have vanilla ice cream. Mm. So you have to choose one or the other to go with your pumpkin pie. Do you not? Go? N- no, those those are two similar textures. No, I'm out. On pumpkin pie and ice cream, no. Yeah. Okay. So pumpkin pie and pumpkin pie and whipped cream. Yes. Yeah. All right. No. But because pumpkin pie isn't really that warm. Yeah, we ate it warm in this case because we all had to go to bed, and he would have been, you know, really sad because we we walked him through how to make. He's not the most culinarily; he's just a lazy ass, okay. you know, like every teen. But yeah. we walked him through it; it was good. Master it, Chef Junior, mm-hmm. get him on there. Uh, celebrity birthdays. I don't know if you know this, Jason. Yeah. Brought to you by Crumble Cookies. Yes. Uh, listen, 
Birthdays are meant to be spent with family and friends, and nothing brings family and friends together better than crumble cookies. Hopefully get some tonight. Cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Cookies. Back to you. It's just just a bad Monday. Way to go home. Happy birthday, George. Clooney. Papadopoulos. Stephanopoulos. Uh, George Washington. Mm. Heavenly birthday. Uh, George Seifert. Still with us. Still with us. Still with us. 83 today. He's actually 83. 83. He's two years older than my dad. I remember that. That's right. So you can't be wrong. No, I'm not. It's 83 for sure. 81. Say 79. 85. Uh, We have a tie. He's 84. Oh, that's right. He's four years older than my dad. <sighs> Keep forgetting. Happy birthday. Is so quiet? That's <laughs> making me nervous. <laughs> Happy birthday, Greg. Papa. Papa. Luke and Bill. Uh, Popovich. Yeah, that's a good one. Epec. Craig or Epec. Or Epec. Odin. Odin? Odin. Odin. Yeah, that's it. Is it? Yeah. Greg Odin. Greg Odin is 32. Oh, he should still be playing. Agreed. Well, he should. His knees said otherwise. Oh, his yeah. knees are 84. His knees said, yeah. I'm not playing. You, what did you say? 32. I said, I'm not playing. No. <laughs> he said 32. I think he's, I think he's older than me. Uh, I, I, but not by much. I'm going to say 34. Older. Uh, 36. 37. We have a correct answer, and it is Chris Watkins. 36. Mm, well Kevin Durant draft. Yeah, he oh, just did right. right. didn't you? That's right. Happy birthday, Ray. Mancini. Boom, boom, Mancini. Sonny Gray. Ray. Sonny Gray. Tristan Allen. Uh, Ray Knight. McCallum. You say Gray or Ray? Ray. Sorry. Oh. Leonard. Ray. Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan. It is Ray Rice's birthday. Ah. Uh, oh, mm. yeah. oh, wow. The mood changed. Mm. Former Ravens running back. Now he is This is a Nate 32. birthday pick. 33. <laughs> 32. 232 is a 33. What did you say, Chris? Uh, 34. He's probably right. He's probably He's closest. Yeah. 37. Oh. oh. All right. Happy birthday, Happy guy. Birthday. Fieri. Fieri. Smiley. That's it. That's my guy. That's your guy, guy. Guy's my guy. Guy, guy Fieri. I'll meet him one day. Guy, you should. He has he's on the show. He's, he's been in I don't before. think so. He's not a aunt? No. I don't think he was in this building. He's my he's oh, the mayor yeah, of Flavortown. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. He is. Uh... Guy Fieri is 55. I think he's older than that. His son is now done with UNLV, which is where Guy also went to school. Come on, Hunter. Hunter and Ryder, yeah. Wow. So what? Guy Jeez. is probably 58. Uh, I'll say 60. I'll take 59 then. Uh, 56, currently uh, closest. Yeah. yeah. I have two restaurants here. Happy birthday, <laughs> Dylan. Brooks. That's Dylan the, Brooks. That's Mulvaney. the answer. Oh, okay. Dylan Brooks. How old is Dylan Brooks today? 20. That's an interesting one. Six. Yeah, 27. Yeah, 27. <laughs> Either 27 or 12. I'll say 28. 29. We have a correct answer. It is Chris Watkins, 28. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, let's see. What else do we have left here? Oh, happy birthday. I'll have DJ Jazzy Jeff. Oh. He's 60 today. It's a big, Ooh, big 6-0 one. for him. Mm-mm. It's just an understand. 
Is DJ Jazzy Jeff the news of the John Oates's? No. <laughs> is DJ Jazzy Jeff the Garfunkel of John Oates's? No. Okay. Anyway. Uh, how old was Fietti? Uh, 56. Say Jazzy Jeff is 58. Yeah. You, th- you said what? 60. 59. <laughs> 61. We have a correct answer. It is... Alan Styles, yeah, 59. Right, get on there. Um, let's see. I don't think. We, oh, uh, happy birthday, Steve. Harvey. Urkel. Mm. <laughs> Perry. Carell. Wow. Steve Perry was right. I heard it. Wow. Oh, Commercial Steve Perry. From Journey. Oh, Sherry. Uh, Big time Giants fan. Probably yeah. a Niners fan. Yeah. Uh, Steve, 65. Yep. That's mm. right. Maybe the greatest rock voice in history. 63. 63, 65. 67. 60? Okay. We are not even in the right decade. Oh, 70-something? 75. <laughs> no. So I was right. That's what I was right. Looks great. Last one. Are we done? Oh, happy birthday, Caitlin. Jenner. What? <laughs> what? I'm it. just thinking. So I'm trying Caitlin to think of other Caitlin. Caitlin. Yeah. Clark. That's it. Oh. oh. Caitlin Clark. Ooh, Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Got injured. Not great. Yeah, celebrating no. a birthday. It wasn't awesome. Did you see, you see the theory out there that she zoomed into the Ohio State fan? She, like, no, she definitely. Yeah, that was Jason it. telling you that. Yeah. yeah. Well, there are definitely people saying she sold. I obviously yeah. don't pay attention to anything Jason <laughs> says. We've established this already. I don't pay attention to his burrito uh, uh, stories from Costco. I didn't pay attention to Caitlin Clark's story. And pay attention to the Kyle Shanahan question. Jason is just in, you're in, uh, what is it between her, the limbo? Purgatory. Purgatory, that one. Uh, she is uh, 21. Who are you referring to? Caitlin. <laughs> I didn't ask Caitlin Clark. What? I'm just kidding. Oh, God. <laughs> you said 21. With the bit. I was seriously about to, yeah. That's probably 20. right. So I'm just going to say, there's no way she's, it's 21, but I'm going to say 20. 22. 21. All right. We have a correct answer. It is 22. Wow. Uh, I almost went over. I almost went over. Big scene. All right. Anyone work out over the weekend in an empty gym and film it? That was I. Hey, you did. That's right. That's right. Hey, before you pick up that chicken wing. That's right. Get your work in. Yeah. I had brisket and homemade chili over the weekend. Get your work in first? I 100% did. Stinky. I did. I got some work the next morning, too. Those sit-ups. That's... Squats. Uh, what's coming up on the show today? You asking me? I don't know. I always ask him. That is true. Why are we well, I, know, I never really know. So. <laughs> you don't know? No. All right. I'm going to guess something with the Kings. There you go. Something yeah. with the Niners. Oh, yeah. Milford Grosso the, at 11. <laughs> okay. And thought, is yeah, Brock Purdy the next Joe Montana? Oh, golly. Good. I'm there. tuning in for that one then. I'm going to call in and get angry. Good. We'll do all that next. <laughs>